Welcome back to another episode of Lady You're Scaring Us. I'm Hillary. I'm Taylor. It's just the two of us today. Just two little country kids. Outside misbehaving. It's been a while since it's been just you and me. I know. And can I tell you something? Mm -hmm. I felt neglected. Why? Because you haven't been giving me enough attention. (sighs) Please. We have to we have to treat our guests with you know. I know I get it. It's fine. I want to give a shout out to your mom. Like not this is not a mom joke. Her mom made some fucking pickle dip, and it is the shit. (laughs) It's fire. I could eat a whole tub by myself. Yeah. So thanks, Tam. Tom. Tanya. Tanya. I don't know her name. I thought it was Tammy. That's my aunt. (laughs) Oh. Thanks, Tanya. She's a boss. Yeah. What are we talking about today? Today we're going to talk about narcissistic fathers. Okay. It's this case. I just don't. I'm going to go ahead and warn you. You're going to get mad. It's going to get frustrating because you're going to go, how? Why? Mm-hmm. Doesn't make any sense. And the timeline kind of jumps around a little bit because I have to go back and explain past things that have happened and so on and so forth. But today I'm going to talk about Grant Solomon. Okay. okay. This takes place in a suburb outside of Nashville, Tennessee. Grant Solomon was an 18-year-old senior at Grace Christian Academy. I already know this little fuckers. <laughs> whoa, whoa, whoa. We like Grant. Grant's oh, okay. good kid. Oh, sorry. Grant's good kid. Grant was a member of his baseball team. He attended his local church, which his church was affiliated with his school. It was all in the same, you know. Naturally. Right. And he was even a very talented musician. Grant was a very bright, upbeat young man and was well-respected by those around him. Grant's parents... Angie and Aaron were two, let's just say... Bitches? No, they weren't bitches. They were uh, products of trauma themselves from their own childhood. Toxic. Yeah. Well... Yeah, I I wouldn't say mom was toxic. I think mom just kind of... Okay. You know, Mm -hmm. she didn't know how to deal with some things. So Aaron and Angie actually were only six weeks into their premarital relationship when Angie found out that she was pregnant with Grant. Sinners. Yeah. Therefore, the two quickly got married after finding out they were pregnant because Angie's parents were like, you know, you're going to marry that boy. You done did the deed. You got to marry the boy. So she did. Do the honorable thing. But unfortunately, quickly after Grant's birth, Angie reported Aaron's frequent violent outbursts, his manipulative behavior, and overbearing control over her. He was a serial cheater. Go figure. He had apparently been caught with sex workers having inappropriate relationships with young females. Oh, boy. Yeah. And uh, in 2011, he was a sports broadcaster for the local news. Okay. And in 2011, he, quote, resigned from his position. That's what he told everyone. He resigned. But it later came out that he was fired due to inappropriate material found on his computer Ah. and his phone. I'm assuming work, computer, and phone. Mm Mm-hmm. Stupid. Like, my my thought process is, you're at work. Right. (laughs) And you just go, you know what? Let me just. I can't even Google word searches at work. And <laughs> yeah, it gets restricted blocked. access. Yeah. So, yeah, he got fired from that. And uh, after finding out about all this, Angie seeked out therapy. She was like, mm, maybe I need to work some through some things. And, you know, how do I get to get through this? Because he, he refused to go. Course, he didn't want to go. Of course. He's not the problem. However, he wasn't going to allow her to go without him controlling every aspect of it. He would go often with her, but like sit and listen to what she was saying to the therapist. I'm shocked the therapist allowed that. Well, that should be a big red. You're going to sit here. I'm telling you, throughout this entire story, you're going to sit here and go, who? 
thought that that was okay behavior. He would go with her and he would often follow her wherever she went, stalked her phone, the whole thing, like would not give her any kind of space, overbearing. In those sessions with her therapist, Angie was diagnosed with PTSD from her experiences throughout her life, including her childhood. Eventually, Aaron got involved with couples therapy. Now they're like, oh, well, since you're here, we're going to talk about you too. (laughs) And he was diagnosed with narcissistic personality disorder Mm -hmm. while there. And he also had an addiction to sex. Go fucking figure. In 2013, Aaron became more violent and aggressive towards Angie and Grant. He also, now at this point in time, they had a second child, Gracie. By the time Gracie was five years old, he was so weird about her that he would tell Angie that she would not be allowed to give her baths. Only he's allowed to give her baths. Bitch. Yeah. But she was so terrified of him that she was like, mm, no, thank you. And I'll tell you why. Here Wait, who was terrified? Angie, the wife. So she did let him give her bath? Mm-hmm. Or, oh. mm-hmm. God damn it. Yep. Later down the road, of course, Gracie came out and was like, dad's doing stuff to me in the bathtub. Go figure. With Gracie coming out about all of this, Grant has seen himself now as like a protector of his mom and his little sister. Mm-hmm. Because yeah. he sees it. It's not just towards them. It's towards him. It's th- like he sees the violent behavior. But now that he knows about his little sister, he's very much like mm-hmm. protective. Gracie uh, Solomon had numerous accounts of her father abusing her sexually. Um, as she gets older, preteen, she recounts moments of when she would be at her father's house post-divorce and she would find herself very sleepy and she would fall asleep. Mm. She'd wake up in her dad's room and she would be sore between her thighs and have bruises and mm. all that stuff. Mm-hmm. She would frequently beg not to go with her dad. It was a long, drawn-out process. At one account before the divorce, so right before the divorce, because at this point, her therapists are like, okay, you're in a toxic relationship. You're in an abusive relationship. You need to get out. You need to go home. You need to file a restraining order and you need to get a divorce. So she's do- trying to do all this while tiptoeing around so that he doesn't find out. Mm-hmm. Well, in May of 2013, Aaron had another outburst. The children and Angie, whenever this would happen, would flee to the master bedroom and lock themselves in. Well, at this point in time, they had locked themselves in the, in the bedroom. Aaron called Angie into the bathroom. And when she walked in there, he hit her on the side of the head and then proceeded to strangle her with a cord of a hair dryer. Grant walked in on it and managed to get his mom free. Angie then fled from the house and urged Grant not to say anything due to fear for his safety. After she had fled the house, Aaron actually called 911 first, like a true narcissist, mm-hmm. to be like, oh, this just happened and, you know, I didn't do it, but she did this thing and I'm worried about her. She's a, She seems like she's crazy. Mm-hmm. Right. He told 911 that she had attempted to kill herself. Of course. By wrapping a hairdryer mm-hmm. cord around her neck. Right. So the police went and picked her up and took her to the hospital to where she was admitted to a psych ward. Her parents urged her to go. So now Aaron has manipulated her family into believing there's something psychologically wrong with her. But while she was in there, while she was in she spent uh, I think a total of 24 hours in the psych ward Mm -hmm. while she was in there the therapists medical doctors all of them were like she's fine she's clear well when she returned back to the house Aaron and the children had vanished and the house was empty and no calls were answered the kids were he took them Hmm. ran off with them she proceeded to call she like tried to call them multiple times trying to find them trying to figure out what happened to the whole thing well while she's urging trying to find them he calls the police again and is like she's in a manic episode Mm -hmm. she's scaring my children you gotta come get her She's not acting right. Well, after she had already went through her assessments and all that stuff, the police are like, okay, I think this is more so like a toxic relationship. Like things need to separate. It came back with she had no depression, like nothing. Yeah. She was mentally stable. Mm-hmm. And there was no evidence that she inflicted those wounds on herself. She got a restraining order. Well, then Aaron filed for divorce and filed for an order of protection for himself and his children. Mm-hmm. 
against Angie. He was in full custody of these children. He maintained full custody of these children. Nobody ever talked to these kids to see. Oh, no, no, no. They did. Okay. That's the greatest part about it. So Angie fought for months to try to get custody of her children. Aaron, somehow or another, had been... Now, I will go ahead and say that this is all alleged, but we're only hearing accounts from one side, but I believe this one's one. It's only Angie's account. Angie's account and Gracie's account. Aaron used Angie's own family against her. Like her sister and her father testified against her Mm -hmm. in the divorce hearing in favor of Aaron having the children. It's crazy. I'd be so fucking pissed. And at this point... He's just a master manipulator, just like most narcissists. 100%. But Angie had her therapist, her psychiatrist, Mm -hmm. and all of like medical personnel defending her and saying like, there is nothing mentally wrong with her. And somehow another, she lost and he got custody of the children. Which is, which makes me think that, which is why I said we're only getting one side of the story because I want to know what exactly was their hang up. Was it because of her family testimony? Because most, most of the time the judge gives kids to to the the mother. mother. Yeah. Unless, you know, there's some big time extenuating circumstances. But if she had like her medical professionals backing her up. That's, yeah, I want to know the reasoning as to why. Right. So after this, in 2014, eventually courts gave Angie the right for two-hour visitations with her children. Nice, two hours. Per week. (laughs) Cool. Supervised two-hour visits per week. Mm -hmm. During her visits, her children were not well. Grant had lost a lot of weight, and Gracie had dark purple bags under her eyes. Now, it's important that we note that both children now have come, they're like, listen, like Grant comes up and he's like, later on when they go back to court, Grant comes out and he's like, my dad restricts my food. Like, I'm only allowed to eat meat and vegetables. That's it. Mm -hmm. And they're very small portions. He restricts food from us. He, like, emotionally abuses us. He emotionally abuses me. He physically abuses me. He sexually abuses my little sister. Right. The daughter is getting the brunt end of it Can at this you point. imagine like being that kid and then a judge putting you in the hands of the person that is sexually abusing you? Like, and I, you'd have no, I would have no faith in the justice system. Yeah. Well, during these two hour visits, it's like, I'll show you a video where Angie had recorded an interaction between her, Aaron and Gracie, because at the end of her visitation, Gracie's like sobbing and is like, I do not want to go with him. And her mom can't do anything about mm-hmm. it. I'll show it to you now. And you can see the, the very clear manipulation and just how he talks. Yeah, that's that's infuriating because he's just like, now these are the rules. It, it doesn't matter what we say. These are the rules that are put in place. And if you don't follow the rules, you're the one causing trouble, basically. I'm not the problem. You're the problem. Yeah. I'm not the problem. You're the problem mm-hmm. the entire time while his daughter is sobbing. And there's nothing the mom can do. No. Well, now it's 2014 and Gracie's still being abused. She tells her mom about this at a doctor's appointment that she had taken her to, begs not to go back to with dad. Angie starts to get in touch with lawyers and whatever else to try to go back to court because obviously Gracie is still being the victim of sexual assault. Well, Aaron gets wind of this and has her arrested for not paying child support, which whether or not we know is true or not, I don't know, but somehow or another she had gotten in trouble with the police. He's just trying to derail any kind of mm-hmm. any way he can. Now, I'm gonna go ahead and say this. Now, when they went back to court a second time, the judge dismissed all of this on lack of merit and thought Angie was just doing it out of spite instead of hardcore evidence. Even though her own children you're going there. She was just. And I'm like, we don't want to go back with our dad. Now, this is where it all comes back. Aaron, you're sitting here going, how's he getting away with all this? How's this just working in his favor? Aaron attends the same church as many court members in their Tennessee county. I was about to say that or either like he's friends with cops or something. Including the governor, who all see him as a God-fearing great husband, who's Mm -hmm. a great dad, who does all this stuff. No, he wouldn't do something like that. Not him, not Aaron. So he has all these powerful people in his corner, essentially. So now the kids are like, well, we're going to go another route. So 
Gracie is talking about this at school and is like, yeah, my dad's a piece of shit. This is what's happening to me. Da, 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 da. Gets called into the principal's office and the principal advises her to stop talking about it to preserve her reputation. <laughs> hey, don't talk about the trauma that you're going through because yeah. your dad's a great guy and we don't want people thinking anything about you. Because we're a Christian school. Because we're a Christian school and we can't have that. Now, both of the kids had gone to school authorities and were like, hey, they're not helping us. Can you? And they're like, no, stop talking about it. And they were like, mm no sorry don't ever bring this up again well at this point in time grant just recently turned 18 so now his daddy he, can really whoop his ass he hears he hears that uh his what the principal had said to his sister and now he's requesting a, a meeting with the principal he goes in there and he's like look i'm 18 now and i'm gonna fight legally for my little sister mm-hmm. that's what i was about to say i bet he's gonna like try to get mm-hmm. he's like he, of, he's of her. trying to fight for his little sister at this point because he's mm-hmm. 18 years old and he can do that well on the morning of monday july 20th 2020 grant was struck by his own truck in an accident just 15 minutes before his own baseball practice. The only witness to this accident was none other than his father, Aaron. He was hit by his own truck. He was ran over by his own truck. Okay. Um, explain. Okay. According to his father, Grant parked his truck and went to get his gear out of the bed of the truck. Baseball gear. Right. According to Aaron, Grant parked his truck and went to get his baseball gear from the bed of the truck when it rolled backward, dragged him across the pavement, down a hill, and into the ditch so mm. what did he not put it in park right and it dragged him that yeah, it far? dragged him that far across the road and with no acceleration ditch. in a parking lot aaron says he was parked next to grant and that he was inside his own vehicle checking emails when he realized what happened <laughs> it's not funny but i'm just this dad pisses me off aaron solomon called 911 at 8 45 a.m from the parking lot and grant was taken to a hospital by an ambulance where he was pronounced dead before 9 30 a.m in this 911 phone call the dad talks about how three guys are there helping him but when the ambulance get there there are no other people there it's just him when he's talking to the dispatcher he's like yeah there's people with my kid in the ditch who just got ran over by his own car he, like, okay well why aren't you in yeah, the ditch he ref- he won't go near him he's telling someone else to check on him and look at him and talk to him but he himself is not nowhere near his child yeah see you would think it'd be like the opposite the parent would be with the kid and like the other person would be like, like hey this guy's exactly. kid just got hit exactly he, yeah no aaron was on the top of a hill making the 911 phone call while these random people supposedly <laughs> were in the ditch with his child and this is quote what he says in the 911 call my son's truck backed over him it's rolled over him and drug him into a ditch and it's on top of him he's not alert he's out and he's trapped I got three guys here and he's trapped under the truck. In the call, you can hear the incoming sirens towards the end of the call. And Aaron repeatedly shouts to the three guys, quote, the three guys, mm-hmm. talking about what they need to do with him. Hey, talk to him. Hey, is this happening to him? Hey, mm-hmm. is that happening to him? Mysteriously, nobody but Aaron ever sees or speaks with these men, not a police officer or a paramedic. Nobody. Nobody sees the white box truck Aaron says they were driving. And nobody would just fucking leave. <laughs> Be like, oh, okay, well, I hear sirens, so I'm going to go. Let me help for as long as I can. But as soon as I get here, I'm out. I hear sirens. And so I'm just gonna, yeah. It's as if they simply disappeared between the end of the 911 call and the police pulling up. According to the medical examiner, Grant's cause of death was cardiac arrest. Hmm. He had blunt force trauma to the back of his head and had a traumatic brain injury. Per the police report, Grant was lying on his back beneath the front of his truck, but between the tires. Okay. So the weight of the wheels were not on his body. Mm-hmm. Like Aaron kept saying they were. It also said that Grant was bleeding from his nose and ears in addition to his scalp. Okay, so let's say he did, hits him, he falls backwards, hits the back of his head. I could see that, but I just don't feel like it would be enough to drag him. I mean, I mean, I guess he could, like if your clothes got caught on something under the hood, and I mean under the 
vehicle but it just i mean you'd be banged up for sure but but they're saying it was the cardiac, cardiac arrest, arrest. I don't the cardiac know. arrest part i don't understand at mm-hmm. all it was also pointed out that grant always communicated with his girlfriend from his truck upon his arrival at the location so whether it be phone call text or snapchat before he exited the vehicle nobody could explain why he didn't do that this morning but also his phone was never recovered that day and they don't know where it's at interesting a 18 year old boy didn't have his phone that's Anybody that used it this day and age. Oh, I don't know where the phone's at. Mm. It was also pointed out by his mother and his sister that he never kept his baseball gear in the bed of his truck, but always in the back seat on the driver's side. Why would Grant be behind the truck if he never put his stuff in the back? Well, and in the bed, you wouldn't have to go all the way around to the back. No, of the truck you could to get just out. You reach from the side. side. Also, how could the truck pull him under and drag him without his father being, without his dad hearing him go ah or help or something Plunk. or hear it or even like if he's sitting on neck, if he's pulled up next to him and he's looking down at his phone. He's going to see the truck going backwards and be like, wait, where's where's he going? You know, out of the corner of his eye, he would see the truck going backwards and you'd be like, wait, what? And then you'd be like, oh, shit. I also think about it like this. When it when a car hits somebody like that, it's just going to go over them. Mm-hmm. But he, apparently he didn't have tire. Apparently he was in between the tires. But how are they going to drag it? I don't like know. I said, a piece of clothing, I guess, could get caught. I've never seen the underside of a car. Yeah, me neither. <laughs> I've never seen the underside of a car, so I don't know. I'm, I'm sure your clothing could catch something. This is the part that really bothers me. Other than the fact that he himself wasn't down there while he was calling 911. Right. From the minute the accident occurred, it seemed like Aaron had Coley just assumed that he was dead and declined services for his son, including a life flight. Oh. Oh, no. Well, <laughs> he's dead. He's dead, so... Actually, never mind. Thank you. Bye. Yeah, I don't I don't know. Minutes after their arrival, Aaron was lining up a singer for Grant's funeral. <laughs> Witnesses at the hospital say they heard Aaron repeatedly tell Angie that Grant's organs could still be donated up until 9 p.m. that night without the use of a ventilator. Gracie and Grant had been living with their mother, yet Aaron was quickly calling all the shots. So they were like with her for brief periods. And I guess at this point in time, they were with her. Like living with her. Well, he was 18. He could probably do whatever he wanted to do. Right. Hospital staff recorded a single laceration with bleeding on Grant's skull and three bruises on his jaw and one near his left hip and one on his right thigh. Grant drove the truck for about an hour just to get to baseball practice. And Aaron said that the truck dragged his son across the asphalt into a ditch filled with rocks, yet no further injuries were recorded. No burns from the hot vehicle or abrasions from being dragged along an asphalt. I was about to say, you'd be scraped. You'd have road rash from hell. But the heat from the vehicle is a big tell too, because if he had just driven an hour, the car would have still been hot. You've been burnt. No punctures, fractures, bleeding, or any other wounds beyond those three bruises and the one laceration to his head. Did they look at his baseball bat? Please hold. <laughs> Got him. So I should um, be a fucking detective. Although Grant's mother requested an investigation, Gallatin police took Aaron's statement and promptly closed the case. At the time of his son's death and before Angie Angie arrived at the hospital, Aaron filled out all the paperwork to decline an autopsy or a postmortem examination. I feel like unless you, but he's the soul. But still, no. I feel like in general, unless you die from, like, say you're in the hospital and you pass away, or you have cancer, or if you are at home on hospice. I feel like if you die anywhere but in the hospital, there should be an autopsy. Mm-hmm. But it's also should be illegal for one parent to solely decide, no, I don't want that. That doesn't make any sense to me. I don't care who has full custody or whatever. Also, he's 18. Right. So, but yeah, he signed all that paperwork before his mom even got to the hospital. Eight days later, when Aaron described the incident on video to Angie, he, of course, because at this point, Angie's videotaping every interaction she has with him. Mm-hmm. He indicated that Grant was getting his gear from the back seat and not the bed. Angie and her friend were shocked that everything in the truck appeared undisturbed just as Grant had left it. The only thing that was out of place? Grant's baseball bat. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. 
Got them. I figured you out, bitch. So something to think about. But they already closed the case, so they weren't going to look at it. But he had a blunt force trauma. Oh, yeah. That's what I'm saying. But like they closed the case. So Mm -hmm. can't look at it. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So um, at his son's memorial, Aaron gave a bizarre speech where he described how the family used to call him Grant Mr. Peepers because he was because he was so wide eyed and curious. Eight minutes into the speech, Aaron called Grant's death a godly thing. Mm. God told you to kill your kid. I don't think any parent would just be like, "Mm, you know, it happened eight days after their kid died. No. You know, they wouldn't be so accepting. Oh, mm. you know, it was just, no, you don't, you're not accepting of your child's death eight days after they die. So, um, he said it was a God thing. And, uh, yeah, and it was the- just a God thing. <laughs> You win some, you lose some when it comes to God, you know? Uh, In the funeral home, Grant's girlfriend told Angie that Grant's phone was moving in Gallatin through her Live 360 app. Angie wanted to call the police, but Aaron said no, he'd take care of it. He then comes back with a story about how the man who found Grant's phone by the ditch was brought to Christ in those few minutes. Uh, So like he decided to turn it in? Yes. Okay. (laughs) I hate this guy. I can see him going in there and be like, you know, he he wanted to steal it. But God just touched him. And and it was, you know, he came oh this is their this sorry he said cry and came to christ in those few minutes all because grant died so this man came to christ because his son died is oh, what okay. he's telling so his death saved that man's eternal mm-hmm. life mm-hmm. saved his soul mm-hmm. and at this point in nearly 15 minutes speech i'd be like i don't give a fuck if that dude goes to heaven i want my kid back <laughs> And then at this point in his nearly 15 minute speech, does Aaron ever sound like a father who just lost his son? Right. That's what I'm saying. You don't just come to terms with your kid's he death eight days later. More like a glorified multi-million dollar preacher. Right. He sounds like a righteous gemstone. Right. That's what he sounds hey, like. Hey, y'all, I'm baby Billy. <laughs> uh, for Gracie, Angie, and so many other witnesses to Aaron's behavior, Aaron's odd attitude was simply cold blooded. Can you imagine sitting watching that funeral and just being like, this motherfucker. So the case was close it was saying that you know oh it's an accident he got hit whatever well this is where gracie comes out in an 18 minute video said that she recorded last year so now gracie's 14 god i, she, I guess i was thinking she was like 14 throughout this whole thing but no she was no much it started yeah. when she was five she made many many serious allegations against her father including rape in a north carolina hotel room and a literal lifetime of sexual abuse gracie describes the various ways that her father belittled intimidated and controlled her brother and how her whole life her whole family has suffered at the hands of aaron and also under the leadership of grace christian academy and grace chapel gracie accused the founding church pastor of lying publicly about a conversation he had with grant she says grant wanted pastor steve to help stop the abuse but pastor later claimed Grant just wanted to talk about Jesus. Like, teachers are mandated reporters. Did you hear that last part? Grant just wanted to talk about Jesus. Because he started talking about Jesus, and I like Jesus too. So we just started talking about Jesus. Because I didn't want to talk about all that old dark stuff. And in the video, Gracie Gracie goes on to say that her father respected her boundaries for a couple years after the rape and after she and Grant ran away from her home. Oh yeah, also, these two had run away. When they were with their father, they had run away multiple times and the police brought them right back. She said she didn't want to go to school because Aaron would show up and the school allowed him on the property without asking him to leave. So she had no no peace mm-hmm. whatsoever. She said Grant had planned to fight their father in court when he turned 18 because he suspected that only then would his word be taken more seriously. Gracie believes her father killed her brother to prevent that from happening. Mm-hmm. This story has been such a blatant miscarriage of justice for years. Gracie, Angie, and her brother Grant tried to help as a family in crisis, but their church, school, judicial system, and local law enforcement chose to protect their abuser and further the abuse through gaslighting and 
and reprimanding the victims instead. Ass backwards. I'll have to say this. That's pretty much where my story ends. But it's amazing to me how even after all of this, even the kids suspiciously dying, that nobody's like, maybe it could be true. Right. Um, where's the dad at now? What's he doing? Still living his narcissistic life like he always was. Allegedly. Allegedly. This whole story is alleged. But again, because this man's still this alive. This story has just now picked up a lot of traction and with her the daughter mm, maybe posting maybe posting they'll. YouTube videos and whatever else mm-hmm. could get yeah, could get a uh, justice. <laughs> just so stu- you know, no, the and then the pastor, you know lying's a censor. Oh yeah. Grant wasn't talking about Jesus. And like I said, you're I'm sure as a teacher and probably a pastor, I would hope would also be mandated reporters, but Sir, I, I, I want you to lose your preacher license. I want that whole courtroom both times set on fire. They're just as guilty as the abuser. Oh, I yeah. Think. Yeah. That little, that girl has been dealing with that since she was five years old. And then her brother trying to protect his mom and her died in the process. Mm-hmm. You can't tell me. Oh, he's, it's a God thing. He just hit him. He hit himself with his car. Like said, you win some, you lose some. And the baseball bat's missing. Like mm. what? Where's the baseball bat? A parent's butt. Yeah, really. That's just something I'll never, never understand within and religious yeah. aspect either. Well, and you know he had ends with people because again they gave they they gave the kids to him. No, no, no questions asked. So. Damn. Well, that was a good one. Well, I hate that for the mom and the sister, because I'm sure the sister feels some kind of guilt. And dad's just walking around out there with a baseball bat up his ass. (laughs) Allegedly. Well, that when I when I heard this, I was like, are you shitting me? Are you shitting my dick? Are you shitting my dick right now? He the car just ran over him by itself. Well, that's our fucked up story for the week. Just a little nice little tale from the crypt music city. Yeah. All right. Yeah, well. don't be a narcissist. Fuck that. I just can't imagine being so self-evolved that... Not to mention this man got fired for inappropriate content. He resigned. No, the fuck he didn't. He's a pedophile, and he had files on his computer, but we're going to look past that. Yeah, where were where were the police reports on that? Because the news channel was probably like, you know what? We're just oh, probably, yeah. We're probably just going to let this go privately, but we just need to know. We don't want we don't that want would you tarnish the news right. channel. Right, and we, we need to preserve your reputation. If I went... <laughs> to a principal or somebody in power at my school and it had and confided in them and something like that and they especially if it was a male because a female wouldn't say that but especially if a male looked at me and was like we need to preserve your reservation i would come across that table mm-hmm. but imagine how hopeless you would feel after that you're like well i'm fucked i'm gonna be this is gonna be my life but There's, this little girl had quit that's good good for her i wouldn't quit either especially after my brother died because of it Mm-mm. preserve your reservation preserve this bitch oh i would you know what i would do what? just because <clears throat> i would get so much dirt on all of those people involved all of them because you know they're not clean if they're hiding if they're hiding all this for this guy what else are they hiding Mm -hmm. i would make it my life's mission to just find all the dirt on all those people who let it all go by and destroy them team up with her reach out say let's become allies do you want to form an alliance with me (laughs) (laughs) Uh, good good all right well Thanks for listening. Make sure you follow us on Instagram at Lady underscore you scaring us. And we will talk to you next time. Bye. Bye.